This has just turned the CG in Van Helsing to Oscar-worthy endgame level CGI. That like I have avoided this film like the plague, and that is the most sort of exposure I've had to it. And I am shooketh. I I eh. I want it on record. I had no idea he was going to do any of this, let alone that, because I would have just ended the call otherwise. They're coming to get you, Barbara. this Halloween-themed edition of the podcast, Mr. Osler has asked me to issue a warning. This edition is set to delve into the very depths of human spookiness. It will thrill you. It may shock you. It may even horrify you. This is horror. This is film. This is well good movies. <laughs> Yes, hello and welcome to Well Good Movies, our Halloween special. We're back for our string of special episodes lately. And as this is a horror Halloween special, I'm your host, David Oscar. Back with another episode and back with uh, my co-host, who's also Halloween themed. It's our very own Plague McDonald. Hello, Plague Hello, everyone. So, yes, Craig, we're here for another Halloween special. That's uh, three Halloween specials we're on now. It's good to be good to be back with the good old Halloween-themed madness that we usually have. Yeah, for me, it's just basically get this period of the year out of the way so I can stop having to have people tell me to watch horror. <laughs> it's not fun. <laughs> and uh, obviously, you know, during the time that we've uh, been doing all our 50th episode and talking about crazy things like Pudsy the Dog's movie, during all that time, you know, cinemas have been having quite a good time. So it's been quite a while since we discussed that kind of stuff. So, Craig, how have you found being back at the cinema? Obviously, when we've gone recently, you know, we're having actual screenings in which you could be sat next to a stranger and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but the last couple of films I've been to, I have been sat next to strangers. And I do miss some of the some of the sensible regulations that Odin has had, but at the same time, uh, if it allows them to be able to make some money, I'm okay. Although going to see Shang, uh, like Shang-Chi with people next to me who were openly coughing and trying to dab to their left, where I happen to be sat, a bit worrying. And to be clear, we're not pinning on Odeon that they're the only ones not doing social distancing. We should say probably most cinemas <laughs> have done that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I also say this as someone who has gone to see Book of Mormon twice, which obviously has to have no social distancing. Yeah, is this is this episode going to have a spooky Mormon hell dream? Oh God! But what would I have to do in order to actually trigger that dream? What like would I consider me an action going to hell? I don't know. If I end up just having a bad movie opinion, yeah, I, I think I'll be safe from from that calamity 
Yeah, we've got an exciting and spooky episode uh, planned today. Uh, as usual, we're talking about the most amazing films. We're talking, uh, the, you know, the pure cream of the crop uh, for our Halloween special. And we have two guests which are perfect to talk about such crazy Halloween antics. So, first of all, in the theme of our horror-based Naming, we have our good friend. It is Kill Sean Thomas. Hey, Hello, everyone. Kyle. I've arose from the crypt at my most powerful time of year. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, this is this is when you awake. Uh, fully. It's when I awake You're... to this is Halloween playing every day for thirty-one uh, days straight. So when people put those socials about like Jack Skelton coming out of the green, kind of. Fountain, that actually, that is Yeah, no, you. that is me. That, that's how I arise from, from bed every morning. My skin <laughs> often catches on fire when I open the blinds as well when it's too bright. <laughs> you just go out, like, dancing with, yep. like, a pumpkin on your head. That's not even funny. The amount of short films I've acted in recently, that like, the new sort of, like, stereotype for casting me is really bad dad dancer. Fair, fair. So, so like there they was a screening where it went from me playing a serial killer to me being a dad dancer in a nightclub to me being a uh, massage therapist like almost like physical touch guru type thing it was very bizarre yeah and uh so you don't get typecast much then, well you? considering i'm like trying the hardest i can to be the alternative drug abusing bad guy of short films it's suddenly gone in a weird direction out of nowhere much like i guess nightmare before christmas becoming a christmas film <laughs> look at that tied it back in yeah very very true so uh so kyle like like you said this is your time of year do you have any certain traditions or is there anything you're doing this year to sort of encapsulate the the horror theme something i've noticed even outside of film is people are putting decorations on houses and stuff and i'm like yeah and it's you know like i don't like adopting too many american traditions but that that's a pretty cool one so i like that but film wise is there anything you've been doing well i did have a friend of mine who works in a cinema message me asking if i had a michael myers costume and the answer of course being yes and i don't mean like a cheap one either i've got the replica mask i'm going all out and she was like do you want to come in and do a photo shoot as promotion for Halloween Kills? And I was like, absolutely, let's do it. And unfortunately, it fell through. So that didn't happen. So considering it was delayed for so long, me and my parents were there night one for Halloween Kills, which was absolutely fantastic. Awesome. Yeah, I suppose that's a good thing where me and Craig were talking about the return to cinema is obviously, you know, we're getting horror films back on the big screen. And all yeah, that kind absolutely. Of stuff. I did have to sit through the trailers with my eyes and ears firmly covered when they started playing the trailer for last night in Soho, because I want to go into that movie blind. Uh, so, I thought you were going to say Scream then. A lot of people wanted, I think it was more of a, they wanted to go and see the trailer for the first time. Funnily enough, uh, they didn't play the it. They didn't play the Scream trailer when I saw Halloween for some reason. Avoided last night in Soho because I'm, I'm convinced that's going to be fantastic anyway. So I'll, I don't need to see any promotion for that. I'm already going. Uh, but yeah. I liked Halloween Kills. I know there's a lot of controversy about that at the moment with it being like kind of like middly reviews, I guess. Um, Kills were fantastic. It did feel kind of like somewhat of a filler knowing that we're going to get a third, but I had fun nonetheless. I'm one of these people when it comes to horror movies and it comes to like remakes, reboots, whatever. I try to set everything aside and just take it for what it is and just try and see the positive in it. Like, I'm I'm happy we're getting more of it. I can say I've actually seen a Halloween movie in cinemas in my lifetime. Exactly, yeah. 
And uh, Chris, uh, you are our other guest, or should I say Christopher Mad Maxwell, <laughs> which is uh, your horror name for this uh, episode. So uh, yeah, you've recently joined us for our 50th episode, and you've joined us in the past talking about uh, horror movies when we did our classic monster movie episode with our first Halloween special. And uh, yeah, you've been dedicating yourself to a lot of horror movies lately. So uh, what, what have you been up to? So uh, this has been uh, an annual tradition now for a about four years, my partner and I like to try and watch a horror movie for every day of the month of October. It's always fun. We all, we often find that we do just end up rewatching a lot of the classics that we love. But I think that's that's to me speaks a lot of the quality of certain horror movies that you can just rewatch them over and over again. But this year we've watched some we're watching some newer ones, ones we haven't seen before, which has been really nice. Uh, we did actually go see Halloween Kills, and I'm going to have to disappoint uh, mm. just my Kyle. I wasn't as big a fan of it as you were. Didn't hate it. Ironically, film just needed more Michael. Absolutely. Every film needs more Michael. Just more Michael. Michael killing more and more people. It's a Wonderful Life featuring Michael Myers. Yeah, it's a wonderful death. I'd love to see that film. (laughs) Um, Just the idea of him constantly killing people. And by the end of it, it's like he has literally killed everyone. This is the most diverse splatter movie you've ever seen. It's, 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 it's equal it's, opportunities massacre. It's uh, it's almost like he he just becomes the walk on um, Kool Aid guy from Family Guy, where he just shows up and stabs someone out of nowhere without any prompt. <laughs> and uh, is there any you've got planned, Chris, that uh, you know have been like long on your list that you've wanted to watch? This like you know a cult classic or something you've never seen, or is there one that you've had like within this year or you know the past few years? You're like, it took me too long to watch that, or you know you, you still need to see it. So I, the one I watched recently, it's the one I watched for the first time was Hereditary, uh, Ari Astra, and I, I thought that was incredible. Uh, it was one of the first, it's, it's been a long time since a horror movie has genuinely terrified me. I, I had to pause the movie at one point, which speaks a lot to that. And I, I, I think the other thing about Hereditary is it isn't just spooky horror stuff. There's a lot of very realistic, gritty subject material, but it's done in such a it's done in a horrific way, uh, for lack of a better term. Uh, it, it was excellent. Um, and now the next one is definitely Midsummer. That's mm-hmm. that's on my list. Uh, I, I want to try and watch more new horror. I'm, I'm often put off by new horror movies just because, um, I suppose because I, I grew up during the, the, the era of the 2000s horrors. And that was an era where it was very hit and miss with horror movies. But I think now there's a lot more quality with horror movies and I, I should be more open to watching those movies generally i'm very bad at watching new films anyway um but i'm going to try my best to see more of the new horror i've got a suggestion for you and whether you take my take the suggestion or whatever but it's called the skin i live in with antonio banderas dude the twist in it is so disturbing i was just like how have i never heard of this this is absolutely insane so unique just yeah put that on the list yeah it's it's not necessarily a newer one but it's still one i don't think enough people know about because god damn that thing is twisted i think previously we were saying about hereditary as well we have had uh, our guest Alid clear griffiths who's been on who's a big ariasta fan as well and hereditary was one that i saw watched for the same reasons of being like okay a lot of people are talking about this um i did find it disturbing <laughs> it's like that that's as much as i'll say but um without going too deep into that conversation the one thing i will say and i'm not sure if you guys agree on this but i was kind of frustrated that i was like 
Why do they keep forgetting the pen? If a child has an allergy, how can you be this complacent? <laughs> it's a very good point. Um, but I think that kind of feeds into one of the, the, the sort of subplots of the film. And that is, generally speaking, not the best. No, it, it definitely lends itself to the darker I'm, elements. I'm not so being funny, that. David, but based on that input alone, you wouldn't have a plot <laughs> if, if he hadn't have been going like 90 down the moat. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's just, I think it was just because it happened like twice. I was like, could we at least have seen them like be responsible with it once? <laughs> yeah. Or even yeah, if just suppose, the girl yeah. was like, you know, like forgetful about it. Fair enough. But the parents and stuff, they were like, oh, God's sake, we've got it again. The problem is, David, some parents just don't love their children. <laughs> You've got, you've got a, point. a point there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, uh, let's talk about Halloween films. <laughs> yeah, this is our Halloween special, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, we'll be talking about a very special uh, Halloween themed film uh, kind of of the era chris was mentioning there of the early 2000s maybe not so much horror but you know we'll have that conversation later on uh, but we do love to have our you know fun challenges and games etc on this episode and it's been a hot halloween episode i thought what better chance for us to do some trick or treating so guys i've got a bit of a challenge for you throughout this episode it's not just going to be at the beginning i'm going to have a little uh, sound throughout the episode which is so when you hear that sound, <laughs> I want somebody to say truck or treat. And you will be presented with a clip which you will decide if it's a trick or a treat for your personal preference. I, I've selected a nice smorgasbord for you. If you believe it's a treat, if you're like, I love this. If you hate it, it's a trick. So I already feel like that's going to come back to bite me if I mute myself <laughs> and I just scream trick or treat without realizing I haven't <laughs> unmuted myself. <laughs> well, Kyle... <laughs> Here we go then. Lisa, remember what I told you. What's she talking about? It's girl talk. I just told you that. I never hit you. You shouldn't have any secrets from me. I'm your future husband. You sure about that? Maybe I'll change my mind. Don't talk like that. What do you mean? What do you think? Women change their minds <laughs> all the time. <laughs> you must be kidding, aren't you? Look, I don't want to talk about it. I'm going to go upstairs and wash up and go to bed. How dare you talk to me like that? You should tell me everything. I can't talk right now. Why, Lisa? Why, Lisa? Please talk to me, please! You're part of my life. You are everything. I could not go on without you, Lisa. You're scaring me. You're lying. I never hit you. You are tearing me apart, Lisa! Why are you so hysterical? That's an absolute treat. Yes, correct decision. That is a treat through and through. <laughs> yep, your tear me apart, Lisa, is definitely a treat. So, yeah, I want you guys to imagine this is a street, the Halloween street. So, door number one, Tommy Wiseau lives at uh, as our, as our <laughs> first first house. I feel like Tommy Wiseau would have the weirdest trick-or-treat candy available <laughs> is the thing. Like, I don't know what it would be, but I feel like it wouldn't be right. It would be some kind of Tommy merch, let's be fair. <laughs> We also know that he owns an incredibly convincing Heath Ledger Joker costume. 
Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he would just be like dressed as the Joker. He's though. just waiting for Warner <laughs> Brothers to knock on the door and he's like, I'm the new Joker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree. That one is a treat. And uh, we'll have more tricks or treats throughout the episode. But for now, we shall get to our main topic, which is talking about our Halloween-themed movie for this episode. And in the past, we've talked about classic horrors. We talked about films like Dracula and Frankenstein. We've also had, like, goofy, stupid Halloween films. We've had, like, classic trick-or-treat ones. Last year, we had to endure Hubie Halloween. But we also had, you know, Halloween 3. You know, we were talking about Halloween earlier. And we also had... Uh, trick our treat so to kind of round off all of that especially in the area of the classic monsters i thought it'd be quite fitting to talk about a bit of a cult film one that people often bring up is remembered i don't know if we can say fondly remembered but a lot of people do remember this film and it's from a very specific era i guess in hollywood and that film is the 2004 van helsing Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. And Helsing, you murderer! Why can't you tell the world I work for you? Because we do not exist. My life, my job, my curse is to vanquish evil. We need you to go to the east, to the far side of Romania. A land that is home to legendary creatures. I see the wolf man hasn't killed you yet. Don't worry, he's getting to it. Lorded over by Count Dracula. It is a place where nightmares come to life. I'm Helsing. He's the first one to kill a vampire in over a hundred years. I'd say that sent him a drink. Now, a man without a past... Do you have any family, Mr. Van Helsing? I hope to find out someday. It's what keeps me going. ...will face an enemy that never dies. In 1462, Dracula was banished to an icy fortress. And then the devil gave him wings. And uncover a secret he never imagined. Castle Dracula. Hello, Gabriel. We have such history, you and I. Uh, it starred Hugh Jackman, Kate Beckinsale, and Richard Roxburgh, just to name a few. It was directed by Stephen Sommers and written by Stephen Sommers. And uh, you also had cast members such as Carl Wenham as Carl. You had Hugh Jackman as Van Helsing, Kate Beckinsale as Anna Valerius. Uh, and then you had Richard Roxburgh as Count Dracula. Uh, you also have characters like Frankenstein's monster appear. <laughs> Gabriel. And, uh, oh, Gabriel. <laughs> Funnily enough, I took down one of the quotes. I was like, I bet Kyle could do this, like, this oh, entire dude, scene. Started. I grew up with Van Helsing. I remember the PS2 game fondly. Yeah, we thought it'd be a great film to talk about at Halloween because it features so many classic Halloween monsters. Uh, it's very ridiculous. It's very of that era of, you know, 2004. Other similar films is you're talking about things like, you know, the Underworld films, very much of like the Blade era. Also, when like The Mummy just has success, uh, which Stephen Sommers also wrote. So this was of a very specific uh, era. So 
Yeah, uh, Kyle, you mentioned the, your love for this film. So we'll go in with your opinions first, because uh, as as we mentioned in planning this episode, I know that uh, you have some very fond memories and uh, you're willing to defend this film. So, Oh, God, yes. Like The, the thing is, we remember the god-awful Tom Cruise mummy movie of recent years, and they were trying so very hard to make a connected monster universe, and this film done it to the best of its ability, and I think it holds up pretty well in that sense. Like, having multiple sort of classic horror literary characters appear in one movie is a challenge to make it work, and I think the way that they managed to, like, take elements from all and get them to work cohesively is brilliant to me. Like, even so, of the era, there's obviously some comedy elements and, like, things don't hold up and blah, blah, blah. But overall, I think the way that they got those characters to interweave together was brilliant yeah yeah like i i remember like having this on a vhs so this definitely has like strong memories for me uh like i said it was definitely of a very specific era but then in a lot of weird ways there's a lot i couldn't remember about it and currently it's streaming on netflix so it's an ideal time to go check it out chris had you had previous experience with this film was this your first time watching was it a rewatch? what did you think so this was the second time I've ever watched this film. The first time was when it was in cinemas in 2004. Oh, wow. Okay. So this this is the second time I've watched this movie. Uh, at my, going back 2004, young me, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun romp. Uh, I loved seeing all the different crossovers of all these different famous monster characters i love the idea of dracula and frankenstein's monster and the werewolf and all these different things coming together obviously it was action-packed and i believe obviously this was hugh jackman had been doing he'd done wall he'd done wolverine and the x-men movies so he was still quite popular yeah it was i my memories of it were very fond the second time round, i i i mean i i did still enjoy it to a to a point, to a point. There, I, I definitely understand it's got it's it's got a lot of flaws. It's got a lot of issues and stuff like that. But we're going to discuss most of that as we go along. But I, yeah, I watched it again last night for the first time in nearly twenty years, which is crazy. Yeah, it, it is one of those films which, again, like you sort of remember, but then there's not much reason to go back to it. So it is quite a throwback when you do see it, and I guess it kind of has gone under the radar in a lot of ways. And and it, it's funny as well, when you look at like Ron Tomatoes, it's like you might also like <laughs> The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, Batman and Robin, Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes. So it's kind of like, if you like <laughs> rubbishy cult pop culture movies, you might also like these other bad films. But uh, yeah, bad in the sense that Ron Tomatoes, uh, it has a 24% and even the audience score uh, is 57%. So yeah, you do quite often see... Uh, people ripping into this i i was thinking of like league of extraordinary gentlemen when i was watching it only again because i remember watching that when it first came out and this idea of being like oh all these characters are combining and stuff and years later then you're like oh well people hate that movie and then you saw rewatching you're like okay i I can see what they mean Uh, it's funny that you mentioned the league of extraordinary gentlemen because i actually was misremembering parts of this film as league of extraordinary gentlemen I think because those they came around, I think a year apart, um, and they're two films that again I, I've not watched a great deal of. But I, I kept thinking, wait a minute, and I was like, oh wait, no, that was League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. 
So there was a sort of blurring together of those two films and similarly with Underworld as well. Um, it felt like this felt like I'd sort of th- those League of History Gentlemen and Underworld just sort of like smashed together in a way. And Jekyll and Hyde, I suppose, is like they're in like both films is quite like similarish characters, vampires, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, Craig, what is your experience with this, and uh, what did you think? Uh, so, David, what is your experience with this film, and what did you think? <laughs> uh, I like Chris. I think that um, yeah, I I have some nostalgia for it. When I was young, I was kind of like just saw it as the kind of like crossover crazy thing that it was. I wasn't like amazingly blown away by it but I I did enjoy like the elements of it going back I still thought like okay this is crazy this is stupid it knows what it is so I kind of respected it for that and I enjoyed a lot of the hammy acting and stuff and a lot of the visuals I thought like visually and costume wise this is great and even the music like made me laugh it is a bit overbearing it is a bit goofy and silly but I think it knows that so I couldn't be too harsh on it but if it's not if it's not clear, I'm trying to put off my opinion as much as possible. Van Helsing, I don't want to go to Transylvania. <laughs> okay, so are we are we now ready for me to be the ultimate downer? Let, let me just grab my tissues to start crying, but I think I'm emotionally okay. prepared. Sure. Yeah, I hated this film. Um, so, Guys, you were shocked as I am. <laughs> every single element that David sort of mentioned, I distinctly disagree. I thought that this film was ugly as f**k on a number of grounds. One, I actually think a lot of the sort of visual designs for both, say, characters like Igor, Frankenstein, apart with the exception of, say, the electrodes in the back of the head and the chest, I just thought were relatively unimagining and just absolute dull-down versions of what those characters necessarily look like. Also, just the vampire babies, the CGI on that, they were just horrendous. And there was just no point... What and also just the vamp, the actual uh, vampire women, just generally. Also, just seeing what they their interpretation of Jekyll and Hyde at the beginning of the film. Somebody who's a big fan of that story, I I, I think is, I think is immoral. Um, obviously, as somebody whose main engagement with all of these characters is in the literary sense rather than any of the movie sense, I found that this entire film was just an absolute massacre of what those characters should necessarily be to the point i got to the end of the film thinking this film should not have been made so yeah on that perspective the story makes absolutely no sense it just starts out simply like simply with van helsing is a monster hunter i can get behind that but then it's just oh you need to specifically deal with this one issue so that the fam so that this family can get to heaven why on the god why do i care why do I care? At the point where they're just dead, why do I care if they're in purgatory, if they're in heaven, if they're in hell? I, I just don't give a damn. At that point, I just think the entire film has no stakes for me. And just so, so much action where, I, where I'm just I'm just uninvested. I don't know whether I'm just in a permanently bad mood when I watch these films, but I, I just didn't have the great time of it. And also just, I know it's part of the era, but I just sat there and... The moment you have the scene with Van Helsing and uh, Kate Beckinsale's character's name, Valeria. Yeah. Anna Valerius. Valerius. Just watch them interacting and just throughout the entire film, it's like, they, they have no engagement. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. Kiss. Oh, God damn it. It just genuinely infuriated me on a number of grounds. Also, just that, the stupid life preserve, like, 
machine. It's not how is that is in any way meant to work, nor does it make any sense. The machine is used to create Frankenstein, who then becomes the key to life. What? Yeah, for all of the elements I think people can enjoy it for, it's just the kind of thing that I, I've, I'm just sick of. I'm just sick of this kind of crap. So I, I did not I did not have a fun with this. Also, I felt I thought the Friar character was just a bit too weird and creepy. Throughout the film, he's a bit disturbing, but then basically when he saves the one woman and essentially basically just goes, can I have sex with you? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I thought you were a I thought you were a monk. They don't do that. No, technically I'm a friar. She yeah. got really into that. Like, ooh, a friar. Well, you know what they say, out of the friar pan into the fire. <laughs> I think, you know, I, I definitely can't disagree with you story-wise because there was times in which I was like, wait, what's going on? And like the investment stuff, I completely agree. I kind of find it weird that they didn't just at the beginning go like, Dracula is planning to unleash this army. You need to stop him or something like that. It was just kind of weird that they were like, we're after this woman. And then like the... The vampire, uh, the brides kept like picking her up and like throwing her around. It's like, if you just want to kill her, just drop her, you know? I like, don't keep picking her back up. Can I also point out, they basically have what I assumed was going to be the end game in the middle of the film, when all of the vampire babies are just coming to life and then they get defeated. But oh, wait, he has more children and he has a way of making the machine stronger. Oh, could you. I don't understand how they think they can get away with that sort of set piece and then think, yeah, we'll just do it again, but imply that it's bigger. We'll imply, we'll never show you this actually any more cataclysmic than before. We'll just keep implying that it's bigger and somehow that raises the stakes. No, it doesn't. We've seen these little brats just terrorizing a village as it is, but now we get to do it in darkness and suddenly it's more intense. God Damn it. What's more annoying about the second time round is we don't actually see the children attack anything the second time round. Yeah. At least I don't remember. We, I think we actually, you're right, we see them attack and then the second time round, they don't even get that far. Like, it, it was almost as if like, ah, oh, wow, you did really just, you did really just blow your load at halfway through the movie. Like, <laughs> They had to remind us about Van Helsing's like lost memories. <laughs> Which amount to nothing. Because in the end, he's basically just like, these are my memories. Some things are best left unopened. Forgotten. Kyle, time to defend the film. What, what, what is your retaliation to all of that? Why, why do you love this film? Why do you think it's uh, noteworthy? I mean, I, I understand his points completely, but if if we're talking, like, obviously these characters have such a grand impact on pop culture, which stems from literary works. Um, there's no real sense them ever crossing over to be fair so you're working with kind of a bad batch in a sense that you need to try and get some reason or other for dracula frankenstein van helsing all of these people to cross over at one point and if if i can i can see like the action and like the the humor and stuff like obviously they aimed for a lower age rating so that it could be more of a more wider audience scale but i think if you were to, like, I don't know, let's say up it to a R rating slash 15, wouldn't it be more of, like, a slow-paced gothic if, if if you were staying true to the literary sense, I suppose, other than, like, just making it a full frontal bloodbath, which I don't think would be equally as better or worse than what we already have? I just think very much that, okay, yeah, I agree, like, Van Helsing's story of just going, Van Helsing, Monster Hunter, that would have... That sold it perfectly rather than trying to come up with this weird 
sub-Vatican level storyline of keeping it holy, I suppose. But honestly, like, no, I really do agree with a lot of what Craig said because it does make sense. However, I think some of the the problems that you have, obviously, like the the forced-in romance, for example, between um, Anna and uh, Van Helsing is of the time because I can guarantee you if you watch anything of that period there's going to be a oh look a man and woman on screen they're going to kiss by the end of it and if they don't break up or one of them ends up dead they're going to live happily ever after so yeah it's it's a weird one to defend because I, I completely agree like the CG hasn't aged well it is more or less a monster hunter action romp than I suppose a horror and I suppose not even close to accurate in a literary sense it's it's more or less name value and entertainment on seeing all of these classic icons in one movie together but i i mean my i, I guess my standpoint would be if if you don't want them to cross over and you didn't like this one do you feel the same way about abbott and costello how did you feel about um uh what what what's that recent tv series that wasn't Penny Dreadful, was it? That's the one, Penny Dreadful. Yeah. Uh, that's, oh, yeah, so. and, and Penny Dreadful, I guess, works because I guess it isn't as full-on in an action sense and trying to be a lower sort of uh, like audience-friendly sort of version so the kids can enjoy it. But, I mean, the original Universal movies are PG by today's standards. Does that mean Frankenstein throwing a six-year-old girl into a lake because he thinks she'll float is any less horrific? I don't know, but... I guess that that's that's kind of where I stand is like I understand the hate but I, I think like with these movies if you if you go in sort of like low brow expect the worst you might ex- you might have a bit more fun with it. I actually think as well some of the CG didn't age that badly. I think definitely the children and stuff looked dodgy and Yeah, I I really like the the werewolf transformation when he fights Dracula at yeah. the end. Like I like that whole sort of idea and the way they reveal it in in the moving tapestry of the knights was really cool i do think that dracula's final form as it were wasn't exactly that that great as it could have been but hey ho i i do like the werewolf design like yeah it was just like a very like hench like werewolf he was at the end which made me made me laugh it was the same like i was i wasn't massively keen on on frankenstein's design either i think they went way too overboard with making sure his head was a perfect rectangle i will give you that about the the werewolf cgi i think the werewolves get off okay i think there aren't actually that many werewolves in the film i think which is why he sort of gets drowned out for me and also, but yeah, I do actually have to agree. I think the the use of the the paintings for telling of the story, well, low key telling of the stories, I thought were a nice nice little touch. But even just the brides and stuff throughout there as well, I thought looked pretty damn decent. Because there was that one bit where uh, I, I'm not defending that. No, <laughs> well, I'm I'm fifty fifty with the brides because yeah, I I'm this whole idea of I move my gown and suddenly I'm this anthropomorphic vampire lady is a bit weird. Yeah, it's sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But I kind of just again, it was like many things in this film because they knew the type of film they were in, and I just kind of had to respect the director for like again because I was like, this is two thousand and four, and there's that scene where she's like, uh, they're in the town when they're first like trying to steal the princess, etc. And when she's like walking on like the a piece of fence or something like that. 
um, saying about like how Van Helsing can't beat her or something like that. And she's like morphing into it as she walks. I was like, that's quite impressive for like the time. Yes, yeah, some of the moments, like like the way they do the brides in terms of like how they behave, I think is pretty good. Like, although I will say, if you rewatch that film and take a shot every time the one goes, "Hello, Anna," <laughs> you'll be loaded. <laughs> but also, I think when when one of them died, when he did, then. Uh, shooter and she like goes up against like the tower or that roof the way the other two react i kind of just loved as well that they just turn and they just go crazy mental. yeah let us just let us just like 480 on the spot and take off like a <laughs> goddamn 80s superhero <laughs> exactly that's why i kind of just had to respect about it it's just so goofy and cheesy at times gimmicky and that those actresses knew it wasn't like them performing badly they were just told you need to ham this up when the children die you have to be like no and like you know they're like it at the beginning as well when they see everything happening i'd almost like to see how people would take that movie if they were told it was done by the same guy who done brendan fraser's mummy i'd i'd because i think some people would immediately sort of turn a little and go huh okay if i have that in mind that's actually what i did because i didn't i forgot that this was the same guy that did the mummy and then i because i went to his imbb as i was watching it and i was like oh and I was also like, oh, he did Deep Rising? <laughs> like that obscure 90s horror movie in the ocean. Uh, and I, I did, it did make me sort of go, oh, okay. What I would say, though, is I think there is a way in which you do you do overblown indefinitely the intended sort of goofy, okay, this is what we're going for. Because a lot of your guys' comments basically saying that, oh, everyone involved knew exactly what type of film it is. There are times where I'm just not convinced that's true. And I think there are lots of people who are at times basically trying to te- uh, take the films a bit more seriously. And I think that's where I get a bit confused about in what sort of vibe I'm meant to be enjoying this film. If I, because if more of the acting was very similar to, to The Mummy, because I knew it was done by the same guy, but, you know, I don't assume that all directors basically direct the same sort of, same sort of story, same sort of style every single time. I think if the acting was closer in tone to, the more like the more exaggerated aspects of what you get from the mummy i think i probably would just i probably would chuckle a bit more throughout this but there were definitely t- i think hugh jackman especially really takes himself quite seriously in this film um like he, he, he smug in the sort of right sort of way you'd want him to be but i don't know i just don't think he's he's smug enough so that's where i basically just sort of lost that vibe with everyone I, I guess also on that note as well i think the reason then the mummy succeeds more is because he wasn't dealing with a host of characters he had to try and squeeze in either for his own accord or studio needs to me what this film seemed like it was pitched as and this is what kind of made me have fun with it as well but i think again it was one of those films you can just put on in the background it can be on on a weekend you know if you if like if you do sit down and watch this film like right okay you know, it is kind of like, oh my God, there's so much action. There's like, what's happening with the story? Why are you doing this? I think it is made more like, as we said, as a romp, as a kind of like popcorn film, something you can sort of check on on a Sunday afternoon. I think that's the medium it works best in. But I think this was definitely pitched as, you know, where's there's, you know, that story of James Cameron, which, you know, Titanic, he's like, right, imagine Romeo and Juliet on that boat. Uh, I think with this film, I think he basically, I think like Steven Summers just basically walked into Universal and like, you know, with a picture of like all the Universal characters and he was just like pointed at Van Helsing and was just like, 
this guy, but he's James Bond meets Indiana Jones. And they're like, yes, you got yourself a picture. But on the old point there, this actually felt like this was a guy playing with his toys. Mm. That's what I think that upon reflecting on it, because like all the characters, I I do, I, I think that there's a, I think Craig is right. There are some characters that aren't quite as over the top and i think that does jar and i can't remember the guy's name who plays dracula he is having a ball and he is just enjoying and being and, silly and he has a ball he has a masquerade ball <laughs> oh god oh my god that bit the masquerade ball bit was just when they ha- when he's, he's doing the diabolical plan whilst they dance i was like oh man that's... and then he dips her to reveal he has no reflection yeah I, it's it was just it was just like it, this felt like he was basically going oh you've got to do that bit oh we've got to do that bit oh mm. that bit's definitely gonna happen it was that sort of feeling from it and as well as it is yeah it, it doesn't all hold up but it is again Eh, it's all right. No, the way you describe the way you described her as like a guy having fun with his action figures that that rings so true to me because I can't name any other movie where Frankenstein comes swinging in like Tarzan to take out one of the brides, like oh, absolutely, like insanity. Drop kicks her as well. He yeah, literally, this kicks. dude comes in like he's like trying out for WWE, like he's ready <laughs> to go. Like I've got this. Watch, watch me come in, boys. Like, I well, him, like definitely like Anna Van Helsing, very serious acting. The Friar and Frankenstein together is cheese. <laughs> While we're on the subject of Frankenstein, that guy devours the scenery. My God, the, the operatic way he speaks, the scene where he's being dragged in. Curse you, undead! Oh God, <laughs> yeah, it is so Shakespearean. It's it's fantastic. Like. Especially when he's like, you're supposed to die. I want to live. He's incredibly educated for what is essentially uh, a couple of month old life form. I don't know if anybody else picked up on this, but the goddamn boots that thing wears. I don't know if they're platforms. I don't know if he's got cinder blocks glued to his feet, but they are redonkulous. And we, we're just going to ignore the fact that he sets off for a new horizon on a goddamn makeshift raft no bigger than the door from Titanic. That thing has drowned within two, two, three days. Ironically, that is in line with the original book, so I was willing to accept that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, where are you going? The elements I enjoy more is just when they're doing the kooky. Because again, it's just more the scope. Like even though that cheesy thing of like, no, and like all the stuff that's happening, I'm like, this is all like, you know, okay, 50% practical. Like there's so much like, you know, he's like, and then you've got this giant castle and there's things like drooping from the ceiling. And then there's this, you know, like, like you said with the toys thing, I think he's just going all in like, and then there's this, and then there's a castle there. And then on the floor, there's this, they have potions, they have this, there's, you know, there's so much movie thrown at you. Can we also talk about the awkward faded out face in the sky? Yeah, that made me laugh. I saw that and I was like, are you kidding me? It's it's almost like he went, you know the ghosts from Star Wars? (laughs) Yes, that's exactly what I thought. Burning burning a few cremation and then something, it was like like he went, that and the Lion King. Yeah, that's (laughs) it. Chris, (laughs) impressive for the person who was talking at the time as well. 
Okay, let's go to our next trick or treat. The war itself had become more perilous. The weapons had evolved. But our orders remained the same. Hunt them down and kill them off, one by one. They are the immortal damned. One family lusting for power and wealth. The chain has never been broken, not in 14 centuries. Another driven by revenge. Soon we'll defeat the vampires on their own ground. Blood! You see this human? He's attractive. I can't be positive, but I'm beginning to think the Lycans are following him. Hello, Michael. Who are you people? You're in the middle of a war that's been raging for the better part of a thousand years. A blood feud between vampires and lichens. Werewolves. Now, a decision must be made. Why did you bring him here? You saved my life. Between an oath sworn centuries ago. A human. He's not a human at all. He's a lichen. And a power. There can be no such union. Greater than vengeance. You'll be lucky if I can convince the Kaisal to spare your life. Absolution will be yours the moment you kill Michael. So, Chris, that is your trick or treat. <laughs> It's tough because I found the trailer to be a treat because mm. I did lo I did love that era of trailer. The yeah. man with the voice doing the narration, <laughs> the family for years, and and it was just again the you know, quotes from the films like the power of vengeance. There's no power stronger than vengeance. <laughs> Can I just say the the techno music break in that sounded like the uh, the the movie illegal download movie like you wouldn't kill a vampire. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think if I was going to just rate it as uh, I think I'd say trick underworld is again, it's, it's similar to this. I don't think it's a terrible thing, but it's a film. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's slightly, I'd say it's slightly better than Van Helsing, but it's, yeah. And the thing with underworld that gets to me is I think just the vampires are all just really annoying. Like they all have the most punchable faces and are some of the biggest. I'm just like, oh my God, I hate you. You're all dorks. I don't want you to take over the world because the world would suck with you in charge. And like, I wish the werewolf was like, because he's like, so uh, I'm, 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 I'm a last. Like, I wish the werewolf was more like, I'm going to tear all of your heads off. I was like, yeah, that's what I'd want. The, 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 yeah, it's Underworld's one of those films. Join us as we spend all of our budget on leather. <laughs> right? <laughs> that, that, that's, it's a big reason. That, well, you know, again, because of the similarities of the projects, but also, yeah, because it was of that era. Like you said, Kyle, with the techno music, it was very much like, oh, you know, again, Blade and those trailers. It just made but me But Blade did it well. Yeah. You realize how much Blade has influenced vampire movies for like, the, from the point Blade came out, vampire movies were influenced by Blade for the next like, five to ten years well, well even now it's got like a comeback influence how like literally bring me the horizon done a music video where it was like a disco vampire nightclub where they get doused in blood and it's so obviously inspired by blade 
Yeah, you're right. But it's also interesting for the the actors. You know, you got Bill. You know, Bill Nye is in there as well. Michael Sheen. Yeah, Michael Sheen. So that that again, I just find like funny as well. But it's very much then of like also like got the Resident Evil kind of appeal as well of like Mila Yokovich and this, they do the same with Van Helsing, I guess, in terms of using. I will fight anyone on the first two Resident Evil films because those films are golden. After that, they fall off. But those first two, I will fight anyone for. I'll give you the first one. Second one's a bit problematic for me. Just because I love Nemesis. Oh, dude, I've got him tattooed on my hand. Legend. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's why I'm a fanboy of the second one. Like, I literally bought a T-shirt off of I think it was this this independent shop on Instagram called Pizza Eaters, and they done a T-shirt of Resident Evil Apocalypse where it's got this cool gnarly front cover poster esque uh, image on it, and on the back it's got the list of the soundtrack, which is fantastic. Kyle, should I just do you a favour and make sure I never watch those films so I never have to rag on them for you at oh, some dude, point? Oh, dude, you can rag on them all you want. I know how awful those movies are. Like, the the final chapter is so poorly edited, you can't keep up with it. It's so fast-paced, even I was disorientated. I was like, where are we now? Yeah, we know they tried to do this, or Dark Universe and everything like that, as you mentioned earlier, like Kyle, with the bad mummy film and again i think when you compare to something like that that was just like just an uninteresting bad film a lot of bad choices at least this does have a personality but i am kind of surprised that they haven't gone back to this kind of idea of like a van helsing or this kind of like adventure romp or like combining them together but i guess they've been a lot more focused on trying to do cinematic universes and then failing to do so um and i guess they've had a lot of attempts of like the separate characters since like Dracula and told is it and then there was like Victor yeah. Frankenstein there was a lot of other like versions but that's that. the thing like even I remember looking in depth on this one and I spoke to you briefly about it Dave was considering the amount of incredible talent attached to the Wolfman remake with Benicio del Toro how badly that flopped like so like the crew the cast the writers like the amount of talent they had on board for that to not even come close to hitting the mark is beyond comprehension to me and as for the tom cruise mummy fiasco number one (laughs) number two is why on god's earth did did the pitch essentially become what if we took nathan drake from uncharted Mm. and put him in a a mummy situation (laughs) And also, what if we put a female mummy? Oh, that's cool. That's different. But then by the end of the film, she's not the mummy. The only thing I liked about that, and I I will stand by, is I really like the idea of Russell Crowe being Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, that was... I I love Russell Crowe, and for the fleeting moments he was on screen dealing with that was really interesting. But it's just, yeah, weird, because what's the actress name? Sophia... Um, oh, she was in Kingsman, wasn't she? Yeah, the fact that they were like, oh, this is the dark universe and like she's going to be the mummy and everything. By the end of the film, you're like, oh, well, she isn't then. And she's just like some like And they had ex. to do this whole thing of being like, Tom Cruise is going to be an overarching character in all of them. Yeah. No, I don't care. Yeah. And they tried so hard to make his dead friend's ghost like a yeah. almost like copy and paste relev- like newer version of what they'd done in American Werewolf in London. Ah, uh, blasphemy sir blasphemy mm. but we didn't get a mummy in this that that's the one they didn't touch i guess because he had already done the mummy with the director 
Um, we're talking to like Kyle, you already like have been quoting this guy. This was my favorite. I don't know if anyone else wants to like chime in with the other other lines here, but this one stood out to me. And especially as you now, we know you could do the voice. Chris, do you want to do you want to go in as a uh, as the bride? <laughs> so many lines. Oh, absolutely. Verona and Alira, you can you can do that. So you you're basically asking me to be Dracula. Yes, of course. You've already oh, you know auditioned and proven you can do the voice. <laughs> sure. There, there, my lovelies. Do not worry. I shall find another bride. Have you no heart? No, I have no heart. I feel no love, no fear. No joy, no sorrow. I am hollow, and I will live forever. Oh, my lord. He's not so bad. I'm at war with the world and every living soul in it. But soon the final battle will begin. (laughs) (laughs) Better than the actual film. I, I, I will say that's one thing we I don't think we've really spoken about that moment where he's like stalking Van Helsing and he's like clapping doing the heartbeat rhythm like I really like that that was like a small little thing of Dracula being able to like sense heartbeats is I, I really liked it I thought it was a nice touch. It's just funny how he kept going into like ice and stuff and then eventually like why why what's with the ice what's with this especially when they're like swooning over him and like kissing him and like they go into it and you're like what are they like frozen now and then like later on you see like the mirror portal thing you're like oh okay i think i understand but yeah it's it's this crazy world that uh dracula lives in but they're definitely like you know camping it up and and that actor yeah i, I just i just thought that those those lines just the like i feel no love and you know like saying like i'm at war with the world it, you know it's very much like the frankenstein Kind of vibes. Oh, dude, that, fi- that final line is so like pantomime. It's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> it's almost like we need you to say this line specifically for the trailer, and somebody forgot to keep, like cut it out of the movie. <laughs> it's like it abruptly stopped. Trick or treat, <laughs> <laughs> Kyle. You're in there with another trick or treat. <laughs> okay, what do I want to give you? Which house are you going to? and a scoundrel of a brother coming into my town telling me what to do. Don't! Just don't. So, Kyle, is that a trick or a treat? Well, considering I don't think I've actually seen this movie, but that was a solid headbutt that I was not expecting and absolutely fantastic. I don't know, I haven't seen the movie, but since we're in line of, like, this weird, campy sort of, like... It's, it's in vain of, um, what is it, Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters or something? Yeah. It's it's in the same vein as Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, and so I'm saying that's an absolute treat. Yep. 
I think it's... Yeah, I'm, I'm... Go on, Craig. David, how could you not save that clip for when I got one of the trick-or-treats? <laughs> I didn't know if you were, but don't worry, there's, there's others. But okay. yeah, so I was going to say, I, some, someone would definitely agree with you, Carl. I, I can definitely say that the the geezer who played the town's sheriff, who got headbutted into oblivion, absolutely fantastic performance in Constantine as well with Keanu Reeves. So, if this makes you wonder whether or not I'm human, Carl. Uh, Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters, I genuinely love. And I think if you're going to if you're gonna convince me of monster characters like witches, etc., can work with an incredibly campy vibe, that is the film you're going to convince, convince me of because it is it has very steampunk aspects to it. Obviously, the moulding of, of a fairy tale. A lot of nonsensical moments at times. I genuinely love the film. One thing I'll say about it is my favourite thing about this film is it has incredible attention to detail that I have to respect. My favourite detail about the film is that uh, Hansel's character, because obviously he was force-fed a lot of sweets as a child, as an adult, has diabetes. That throughout the I was f- just about to make that joke, and I'm so glad that's an actual thing. Yeah, throughout the film you see him actually taking insulin. He's taking a medicine, and he said, "As a child, I was very sweet. I was very sick because of uh, all of the sweets I had to eat." And I was like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" Okay, I definitely need to check out this movie. I, I genuinely love it. I'm one of the few people that act unashamedly loves it. I, I don't care, especially because Famke Jansen is like the the head witch and stuff. So again, we're getting like the you know similar vibes of like a, a legacy X Men. <laughs> actor like appear in one of these crazy dark fantasy films but that's where i was like interested as well craig because i was like well craig liked hansel gretel so he might have a bit of respect for van helsing there so i'm just curious as to what what is the differentiation between the two there like the choreography of hansel and gretel is you see some of the wire work that they go for and you understand immediately that it is meant to be zany here i think it might have been hampered by the technology of the time, but I think there's a degree to which there's some of the action that is very standard and uninspired, while in something like Hansel and Gretel, it is so bizarre the sort of things they do. I think you just see you just have to watch how the first witch in the film gets killed. And I think you'll understand where I'm just like, okay, I see this is utterly insane. <laughs> So uh, we go now to our section, which is the movie vault, uh, where we encapsulate movies to remember them for all time. Guys, does Van Helsing deserve a place in the movie vault? Should it represent those films of the early noughties, those dark gothic fantasies? Has it got any place there? Kyle, you're the biggest fan. I'd, I'd say yes, because I think... As hard as they try, I don't think outside of Abbott and Costello meets Frankenstein and so forth that you'll have a monster crossover like this. I know, like, obviously, like I mentioned, Penny Dreadful, but I th- I think, like, if you're looking for action and monsters, I think it's a go-to. So you would say it goes into the movie vault then? Yeah, absolutely. Chris? So, I, like I said, I, I didn't... I don't think this is a good movie, but I don't hate it. I I enjoy it for what it is. Someone actually said the other day about how, and it's quite a weird subject to say, but he talked about the idea of judging, you shouldn't judge a film by comparing it to other films. That's a very difficult thing to do, but you should just judge it on the film itself. And I think 
yeah, this isn't a great film, but it, I I look at it and I know what it is. It's it's basically it's taking fantasy and it's taking action and it's trying to meld them all together and it's doing oh but this and this. It is like I said, it's someone smashing their toys together. My I'm gonna say no to the vault simply because as much as it is it did a nice attempt at trying to combine all these different characters and laws. I don't think it did it successfully. I think it could have done so much more with this. Yeah, it, it didn't quite go as far as it could have. Uh, I also think that had they used more practical effects, this film might have been a bit better. I think the CGI really hampered a lot of it. Yeah, I think I kind of agree with Chris in the sense that I do enjoy like a lot of the visuals. I think that even for all the CG and stuff like that, that the director still had a vision and like it still kind of worked within the aesthetic. I, I appreciate the kind of like transparency of it almost. Um, and even though, yeah, it doesn't bode well for the characters, I kind of always seen it as more like this Van Helsing film rather than this like team up film. So I didn't, you know, like judge it based on just like, oh, is this a good depiction of Frankenstein? Which I guess something like that dark universe film or franchise which they wanted to build was judged more on because they're like oh we're going to set up each character and then they'll be in this meetup so you're expecting those characters which you because it's van helsing i kind of just saw as like generic monsters that he's fighting but just with those titles but yeah i just don't think that it it just stands on its own enough i think the fact that a lot of us said that we had like watched this when we were young but there wasn't just much for us to remember or go back to and the fact that there are other films of that era which are even more memorable the fact that we said that something like blade made like vampire movies for five to ten years i think the fact that this just didn't actually make a a precedent for anything especially when you look at something like other films we talked about similar to this like mortal kombat in which like that you know works for a lot of its cordiness and has like this big sort of following and people fondly remember for different stuff but i don't think it has the same charm so uh it would be a a no for me i'm assuming that there's no point in asking craig's opinion on this yeah obviously we know what i'm gonna say on this (laughs) so um yeah, I I kind of guess the yeah I voted there unfortunately Kyle so I think uh, it is what it is and I th- I think you're right there like there there are too many moments where it tries to be a quote unquote good movie that you miss the charm of people loving a bad movie because people have their favorite bad movie we played the clip from the room and stuff so I think like if it had genuinely like had less of a try hard mentality I get like everyone's going to try and make their film projects a success don't get me wrong but I feel like if they if it somehow dropped down a tier in quality I feel like more people would be remembering of it because it was so bad sort of thing rather than just being like no it was bad I watched it once and I won't go back to it yeah so unfortunately uh for this episode Van Helsing doesn't go into the movie vault It'll, it'll be in the vault of my heart yeah, always. But, but I think still... that's pretty much most monster films and horror <laughs> films for you, though, Kyle. <laughs> touché, touché. My heart and all surrounding veins are not pumped with cholesterol and fat, but horror. K- Kyle's heart will go on. He's on that barge with Frankenstein at the end, holding his arms out. <laughs> <you> know, so... <laughs> <laughs> that, that's how I want my life to end, on that barge with Frankenstein. <laughs> that's a Viking's funeral. <laughs> He did doing what he loved, hanging out with with creepy, creepy horror things. monsters. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, 
Van Helsing doesn't go into the movie vault, but still a recommended watch for a fun uh, romp and crazy film. Trick or treat. Craig gets the trick or treat. Right. So we go to our next one. I'm so glad it was the version that went to the negative. That one's so superior. Yeah. So for those who don't know, uh, David and I, uh, with a group of friends, recently went away on holiday. And most of the group, including David, did not know that clip existed. So I I got to introduce them uh, to it, including that I'd specifically asked for that version. Um, Yeah, that's obviously a treat. That's obviously a treat. Yeah. Any entertaining dog videos, and they slowly are creeping up more in this podcast, because obviously you reminded me of the existence of uh, Geraldine in the Star Wars video, which is basically a dog coming out of the vet, and the way that she sort of, like, growls sounded like a TIE fighter. (laughs) (laughs) So literally it's like, it's like, hey, Geraldine! (laughs) That was another trick or treat with another treat. So, uh, yeah, on our street of uh, visitors, we have uh, that lady and her dog. Yeah, so. <laughs> it's been predominantly treats. It's got to be a good place yeah. to live. Predominantly treats. Okay, end game time. So today's game, uh, and I think it is good that we've already discussed the films that inspired this game. But today our end game is called End Game Hunter Hunter. So, as I've already stated, one of my favourite films uh, of this genre is Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. And obviously, we also mentioned briefly Abraham Lincoln, uh, Vampire Hunter. So, I just like this idea that you can improve a film by just taking the name of one of the characters in the film and just saying what type of hunter that they are. So, that's what I've decided to do to a number of films. I've basically taken a lot of films, taken a character from that film... And they've become a hunter. So what I'll do is I will tell you what type... I will tell you the name of the character and what type of hunter that they are. And I want you, in a sort of fastest finger first, to tell me what the original film is. So the way that we'll do this, we're not going to have buzzes. Uh, I'm going to get each of you to make a Halloween sort of noise. So Kyle, what would you like your unique Halloween noise to be? Okay, so if Kyle wants to think thinks he has it, he will howl like a wolf. Chris! <laughs> cool, so I assume that's a sort of like evil vampire-ish sort of laugh, cackle thing. No, that was that was Dracula from Van Helsing. Didn't you hear that before? <laughs> we're, we're mates now. <laughs> <laughs> he was really upset I bashed his performance. We need to start, we need to send and tweet out this podcast to the guy who played Dracula. We need his approval. So basically... Very much like the final of of Van Helsing, this is the werewolf versus the vampire. Okay, so are you ready for your first new film title? Let's get it. Okay, so your first title is uh, Truman, Knowledge Hunter. Kyle? Truman Show. Are we looking for the Truman Show? It is not the Truman Show. I don't know why I went to Truman Show. I was like, this is a horror thing. Oh, no, these aren't horror films necessarily. Some, oh, of them okay. w- some of them will be, some of them won't be. So, Chris, do you have any idea of what it could be? Truman Knowledge Hunter? Yeah. I don't know, so that's going to be a pass. Okay. 
The answer is Capote. So it's Truman Capote when he was interviewing the killers for his book To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, I didn't think I'd have to do another one of these. <sighs> okay, Craig, edit. Yes, obviously Truman Capote did not write To Kill a Mockingbird. He wrote In Cold Blood. I don't know why the hell I said that. I think it probably has something to do with the fact that Truman Capote and Harper Lee did have some form of friendship connection. So whenever we studied In Cold Blood in English in, English in school, the two were discussed quite closely together. But how the f*** did I allow that sort of confusion to slip over? I don't know. And I have an English literature degree. This is f***ing embarrassing, guys. I've never read it. Yeah. That's the sort of that's the sort of realm we're playing in today. Okay, it's gonna be a tough one then. <laughs> Your next one. Mick, crocodile hunter. Oh <laughs> Hey, don't try to plug me. Like you, this. Can't, I ain't got a you can't clue. use the same noise as one of the contestants, <laughs> no, David. That's the uh, that's the, the power Christ compels you, dog. Slightly different. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, because I'm going to be able to, in a rush, be able to distinguish. <laughs> what oh, if man. I told you the surname of this character? Would that help? Possibly. Ready? Dundee. Oh. Kyle. <laughs> it's Crocodile Dundee. Is it Crocodile Dundee? <laughs> yeah, it's Crocodile I was, Dundee. I, like, as soon as like I was thinking about it, I was like, the only person I can think of is Steve Irwin. <laughs> So like, okay. It's so annoying because I was thinking it's not Crocodile Dundee. Sure, I was like, is his name Mick? I genuinely yeah. couldn't remember his name. I looked it up. His name is indeed Mick Dundee, the Crocodile Hunter. I so, like, because obviously, the only other Crocodile-based film is that. What's that one recently? Where it's like in the basement? Oh, Crawl. Crawl. Yeah, I was like, surely has to my, be Crocodile my Dundee. My brain, no word of a lie, went straight to Killer Croc, and I was like, Suicide Squad. Oh yeah, true. <laughs> so. Uh, because I guided you there, I'm only going to give you half a point for that yeah, one. Yeah, no, that's fine. Okay, are you ready for your next one? Just give it a go. <laughs> Lars and Ernie, Mouse Hunters. Oh? Carl? <laughs> is, it, is it called Mouse Hunt? Mouse Hunt. Yeah. The one with Lee Evans. <laughs> Lee Evans and... Oh my god. Oh. <laughs> Lee Evans and Nathan Lane. <laughs> oh man, yeah. that's a blast from the past. Literally our mouse hunters, that is the... <laughs> exactly. I actually, um, a couple of months ago, I rewatched the film just to remind myself of it. <laughs> it was a surprising delight. Oh, it's man. weird. Yeah, it's obviously weird, but you've got Lee Evans and Nathan Lane playing off each other. Of course it's going to be... Corny. Oh, that's unlocked something deep in yeah. my childhood mind. That's it, weird. It's again how like Van Helsing is over there with Underworld and all those, you know, like yeah. the Jedman, and then that's there with like borrowers and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, that early two thousands, honey, I shrunk the kids. Yeah. Okay, are we ready for number four? Yeah. Okay. Malcolm, racist hunter. Oh, Kyle. Ah. <laughs> oh. I can't remember the name of the film. Oh, this might be a detriment. Um, is it American History X? <laughs> Chris? <laughs> I don't know why. I want to say it's Malcolm X, but is it, I don't know what the film's called. Is the film called Malcolm X? Is it just called Malcolm? It's Malcolm X. <laughs> it is actually Malcolm X. I did. I did. I was honestly thinking Malcolm X, but I was like, he. Why would he be hunting racism? So I was thinking <laughs> of Edward Norton curb stomping <laughs> that guy, like. <laughs> 
Well, no, presume it, like Malcolm X's entire thing was we yeah. have to rebel, rebel with violence. So. I mean, I haven't yeah, seen the sense. film. I assume I can only assume that's what it is. Okay, number five. Belfort, money, sex, and cocaine hunter. Oh, Kyle. Wolf of Wall Street. Very much in the vein of the wolf. It is the Wolf of Wall Street. Hey. So. Are you ready for number six? Sure. Freddy, Dream Hunter. Oh. oh. Kyle just got in there. I'm starting. I'm starting to think maybe uh, Chris's internet is a bit slow, but or Kyle. just his his buzzer is harder to do as well. <laughs> I'm gonna take a gentleman's bow, and I'm only going to say Dream Warriors. <laughs> it's not Dream. It's not Dream Warriors. Uh, so Chris. Uh, was it Freddy? Is it Dream? I said, yeah. So uh, Freddy Dream Hunter. Freddy Dream Hunter. Uh, so Nightmare on Elm Street. Freddy Krueger. Yes, it is. So at this stage of the game, uh, Chris is on two points. Kyle is on two and a half. Oh. I will say Ooh. these are going to get uh, a bit harder in some paces, a bit funnier in others. Nice. So number seven is. Chucky, little boy hunter. Oh, that was def- that definitely Chris. Uh, child's play. It was child's play. Sort yeah, of what was it- a child's play 2019 or whatever <laughs> the new one came out. I'm not. I'm not being that much of a dick for this game. I promise. <laughs> what I was hoping was people would start laughing a bit too much over over the name uh, mm. to get the answer in. Chucky, child hunter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, are we ready for number eight? Red Pig Hunter. Oh, Kyle. Is it just Nicolas Cage in Pig? It's not Nicolas okay. Cage in Pig. Red Pig Hunter. I swear down, if this is like some sort of like Hannibal Lecter sort of thing, I'm gonna kill myself. The only person the character I know is Red is is from Shawshank Redemption, but it's... I'm just gonna go with that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so now we get to see whether or not this is a Hannibal Lecter style film the answer is the Angry Birds movie ah uh, okay yeah I haven't uh, seen it I thought it was like Babe or something and the only reason that I said Pig with Nicolas Cage is because I saw it earlier today in Asda and right. it's literally about Nicolas Cage trying to retrieve his truffle seeking pig that has been kidnapped very taken but with a Nicolas Cage spin yeah, I was trying to think of whether the, the farmer in Babe was called Red or something. <laughs> I, like, I nearly went for Animal Farm because of all the uh, <laughs> communism. <laughs> Red <Nope>. Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been very clever. Um, unfortunately, no, it is literally just the Angry Birds movie because the, 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 the main bird is called Red and he fights a load of pigs. Oh, okay. Okay, are we ready for number nine? Yeah, boy. Okay, Macavity, Pussy Hunter. (laughs) (laughs) Chris. Cats. It's cats. It's cats. (laughs) Unfortunately. Pussy Hunter. (laughs) That's got to be a a sort of spin-off to cats. Oh, that was fantastic. (laughs) All right, are we ready for number 10? Get it. Yeah. Okay. B-Rabbit, a career in music hunter. 
Woo! Woo! What the hell what kind of werewolf did I just turn into? <laughs> Kyle? That's 8 Mile. It is indeed 8 Mile. His palms are sweaty and mum's spaghetti. Mm. It's heating up. Okay. Spaghetti already. <laughs> spaghetti so, on spaghetti. With three questions left, so far it is very tight. Toit. <laughs> Kyle's on three and a half, Chris is on four. So a reversal has occurred. Ooh. Number 11. Billie Jean King, Respect Hunter. Ooh. Chris. Um. Crap. I. I think this might have to be a. Damn it! Yeah, no, no. Any advances, Kyle? What was it, Billie Jean King? Respect Hunter. I have nothing. All I can think of is Michael Jackson. Of course. David should know what this one is. Um, no, I'm like Chris. I'm like I know. Are you joking? Yeah, but then David the is one of your favorite films from a few years ago. You thought it was under. Oh wait, uh, yeah, okay. Um, of course, you know what it is. Yeah, uh, Battle of the Sexes. Battle of the Sexes. Yeah, oh, I've never it was the it. name just escaped me. I was just like, oh, what was it called again? Okay. For some reason, I thought it was a reference to one of like the weird, obscure movies Michael Jackson did. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, and I just couldn't think of the title. I, I was stuck on Michael Jackson. I couldn't go anywhere. No, My brain was just like, yeah. this is the full a, stop in a your sports thought. sports person film instead. Yeah, it is a film about tennis and sexism. Number 12. Jordan, a loony hunter. Oh. Kyle. I, I've preemptively done this, and I'm probably completely wrong because I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place because it's either... Goonies, or it's either One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Okay. I'm going to go with One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. No, oh, that Chris. would be mine. Space Jam! Space Jam. Ah, uh... <laughs> oh, there we go. The, the, the word in... Yep, it's Michael Jordan. And the loonies uh... here hunting are Looney Tunes. Fair. It's funny how both of us went to like one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Yeah, so. just the, the the film school is. Oh yeah, because I've decided to be blood. incredibly insensitive. Yeah, exactly. Yes, <laughs> it's like what does that say? Okay, and the final question. Both get ready. Johnny, a trip to A and E, a hunter. I'll say now this might not be a conventional film. Say it again. Johnny, a trip to A and E, hunter. Nah, nada. Again, uh, it might help if I say the surname. Okay. Ready for the surname? Yeah. Knoxville. Oh! Kyle. Jackass. It's Jackass. Uh, I was stuck on Johnny Bravo. My brain. <laughs> I don't... Right. That's exactly... That's like, oh, my. <laughs> so, yeah. So, what I've done again, because I gave the surname, I've given you another half bar. So, at the end of that game... Uh, like I said, it was tightly fought throughout, but in the end, Kyle had four, and our winner with five is Chris. Hey. Congratulations. I, I feel nothing but animosity because I gave you Nightmare on the Street. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the gentleman in me has once again proved that nice guys finish last. <laughs> yeah. And I feel the sweet, sweet taste of victory. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well done, Chris, as always doing well in our uh, 
horror Halloween themed end games as well. And uh, thank you for both joining us, uh, talking all about Van Helsing. Unfortunately, didn't get into Movie Vault, but we still got to discuss uh, some fun memories there. We, you know, we went through things like Underworld, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and we even went to Mouse Hunt as well. So, you know, the end game brings out uh, all kinds of surprises. We'll now go to where we can catch you guys. So, Kyle, what have you been up to? Where can the people find you? You can find me on Instagram at kshawn.thomas. That's S-H-A-U-N for Sean. And you can follow my band Cryptrot on Instagram. That's C-R-Y-P-T space R-O-T. Uh, we're very much a heavy death metal band. Our cassettes will be dropping on our band camp on November 1st. You can get a cool slime green cassette or it's either the slime green one or yellow one. Sorry, we work with a bunch of people. But if you like your really heavy music with lyrics insp- uh, inspired by the Sons of Sam killings and the t- uh, John Wayne Gacy killings, uh, we're definitely a go-to band. Oh, I will also add, you can find our music video for the single Sons of Sam on Slam Slam Worldwide on YouTube, or you can just slap in on YouTube Sons of Sam by Crypt Rot. Awesome. Yeah, go check it out. Awesome. Uh, Chris, what about yourself? What have you been up to? Where can the people find you? Uh, I've been recently re-collaborating with my friends at Dramatic Moose. You can find us on Facebook at Dramatic Moose, on Twitter uh, at Dramatic underscore Moose, and on Instagram uh, at Dramatic Moose. Uh, We've um, recently had a chance to have our first public uh, airing of a short film we made pre-2020 lockdown called Deliver Us from G. You can find that on YouTube. We made it alongside a group called The Watchers. And the film starts stars uh, Welsh uh, celebrity Gareth David Lloyd. You can find that on YouTube. And uh, Strange Tales, the film's called Deliver Us from G. Awesome. Go check that out. Can I just add that I'm so terrible at plugging my own stuff mm. that the Instagram for our band is Cryptrot Band, might I add, as a correction <laughs> on myself. <laughs> Not to get confused with the American black metal band Cryptrot. Uh, yeah, there's always that stuff, isn't it? It's like, do you add an S? Is there a capital or that kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, uh... literally, like, it was so funny. Like, somebody uh, for a magazine in Cardiff gave us a shout out, and they literally added in that there's a, an American black metal band called Cryptrot. So, mm. well, people wonder why we call well good movies. You won't find another one of <laughs> one of those. Uh, it's super well shot, is but. <laughs> uh, Could have been well tidy movies. <laughs> somebody said that before. They were just like. Uh, asking like what the name of the film is and they were like oh is it like really tidy films and i was just like that's like the exact opposite of what it is but also very close so i have to kind of respect (laughs) it (laughs) anything lastly from yourself craig yes uh i'm happy to say that we've recorded uh the end game special uh, or as we called it champions cut so we now have an ultimate winner of our end game competition uh that will be released to you at some point in november that's basically all I want to say before I'm sure Carl has another revision to the advertising of uh, of Crypt Rot. Uh, yeah, just to let everyone know, my name is actually Steve. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, and it, it's great that, you know, again, for a Halloween special as well, we got so much like goodies to unpack and, and stuff that is like Halloween themed or creative themed. It's, it's all great stuff. So yeah, go check out all of that. And they're all definitely treats. Unlike this. Took a treat. Mm-hmm. Kyle gets the last trick or treat in there. 
I told you this is when I'm at my most powerful. Might not be in the end game, but I'm prepared for that goddamn door. (laughs) (laughs) It's the only time anyone visits to my house. When the day's hustle and bustle is done, then the Gumby Cat's work is but hardly begun. And when all the family's in bed and asleep, I tuck up my skirts to the basement to creep. I am deeply concerned with the ways of the mice. Their behavior's not good, and their manners not nice. So when I have got them lined up on the matting, I teach them music, pushing and cutting. Dinner and a show. So, Kyle, is that a trick or a treat? I have watched films about murder. I have watched films about the most graphic of assaults. And nothing could prepare me for the horror that has shaken me to my goddamn core in that goddamn clip. What in the ever-loving f- <laughs> That's the only time I'm going to drop it, but goddamn, David. <laughs> why would you do this? That was a trick. Definitely a trick. Uh, like, uh, we've talked about some, like, horror stuff here. That was the most horrifying. <laughs> I, f- I forgot how horrifying the ch- children mice were as well. I kind of, like, erased that from my memory once I saw it. I was like, oh, I forgot how horrifying this looks. This has just turned the CG in Van Helsing to Oscar-worthy endgame level CGI. That like I have avoided this film like the plague, and that is the most sort of exposure I've had to it. And I am shooketh. I I eh. I want it on record. I had no idea he was going to do any of this, let alone that. Because I would have just ended the call otherwise. Ironically, we also had the werewolf transformation of ripping the skin off. And then we also have, like, a cat there singing, ripping her skin off to reveal more skin and clothing. (laughs) And she eats a a man cockroach, okay? (laughs) Yeah, the the faces here are a picture. Chris's, particularly throughout that, was just horrified. Chris, have you ever seen cats? No. And (laughs) I, I, I take pride in that fact. But the, the the very beginning of that clip, what was going on? I mean, the whole rest of that clip, I was just like, I don't, I... Rebel oh, Wilson, that's what's... Yeah. There, there is, I don't, I'm starting to think that there is, it's not a coincidence that as soon as that film got released, the world got ravaged by a pandemic, okay? It just, it just, it seems like that, that opened up, that's like the lament configuration, that opened something up, and the box, something went right. It. I came. We came. I'll tell you what could improve that film, and that is a pussy hunter. <laughs> there was that. that Dude, if there was well. ever a pussy hunter to be seen, I would happily remain a virgin. <laughs> like, 
I'm, I'm literally lost for words. I haven't been this lost for words since I left the theatre after seeing Lighthouse. <laughs> Lighthouse and Cats, both in the same podcast. And the most horrifying thing I'm sure we've seen in the entire episode, in a Halloween special, so I'm glad I could bring that guys to you via Cats. <laughs> so, David, thank you guys. I think in, in future I'm going to need like a run-by of what you're going to reference and show, because I, I refuse to be treated to that torment again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're good luck. I've asked him for this every single time, and he he just never does. We'll, we'll cheer us all up. <laughs> there you go. We cheered it all up. So yeah. How <laughs> better to get away from a cat than a dog? Yeah. Well, yeah. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, for us, you can also catch us on all the socials. You can catch Well Good Movies at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, like Craig said, do keep an eye on all of the podcast outlets, including YouTube, uh, Apple, uh, Spotify, where we'll have our Endgame special coming soon. Uh, we get to see the overall winner after our many rounds of Endgame specials. So thank you for joining us, guys. Have a happy Halloween. And uh, don't have too spooky a time. Catch you later. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.